As I was uh, reading recently in the book of Exodus, I noticed a phrase, uh, two phrases really, that, that caught my attention. It's from a scene that you'll probably easily recognize. Uh, maybe you've even studied this phrase before yourself, uh, but it was one that, that made me want to investigate further. It's found in Exodus, the fourth chapter. Uh, God there is, is telling Moses for the first time from the burning bush uh, that he has chosen him to go speak to Pharaoh and to tell him to let God's people go and to lead them out of Egypt. And as you remember, Moses begins to make excuses, excuse after excuse, actually, as to why God should choose someone else for this task. First, Moses asks, who, who am I? Exodus 3 and, and verse 11. So the excuse of, of being inadequate. Uh, then he asks, but what if I go to the Israelites and I tell them that you sent me and they say, what's his name? What will I say? Exodus 3 and 13, the excuse of not knowing enough. And then Moses says, well, what if they don't believe me? Exodus 4 and verse 1, the excuse of, of people not taking him seriously. And then finally in Exodus 4 and verse 10, uh, which is uh, where we get this phrase that, as I said, caught my eye and, and which will serve as our text. In Exodus 4 and 10, Moses says, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. That's the excuse of, of not being good with words. And actually, Moses tries to uh, use this excuse more than once. Later in Exodus 6 and verse 12, he says, I am of uncircumcised. Uh, scribed lips, which basically means I don't, I don't speak well. But the phrase or the phrases that, as I said, piqued my interest were when Moses said that he was slow of speech and slow of tongue. Well, as I examined these phrases further, I found that, that over the centuries, there have been many theories as to what Moses could have meant by this. And, and I want to share just a few of those with you. Uh, first of all, probably one of the most common interpretations is that Moses perhaps had a legitimate speech impediment, such as maybe stuttering. In fact, I understand that, that this idea gained so much ground that there is a group of American Jews who suffer from stuttering who have formed a, a self-help group known as the Jewish Stuttering Association. So uh, take that for what it's worth. Of course, there's nothing uh, in the Bible that explicitly says that Moses stuttered. Uh, in fact, as we'll notice in a moment, it's kind of hard to believe that Moses could utter some of the most powerful speeches in, in Hebrew history if he truly had such a stuttering problem. But nevertheless, as I said, this is one of the most common interpretations of, of what Moses might have meant by slow of speech and slow of tongue. Another theory is that Moses maybe had a different, a more serious speech impediment than just stuttering. Uh, some have taken Moses' words here to mean that he literally had a physical abnormality, if you will, of, of his mouth or his tongue, some type of birth defect of sorts that kept him from being able to to form, they say, some of the sounds of either the Hebrew language or the, the Egyptian language. And I think this idea comes from the fact that, that Moses, as I said, does use two different phrases here, slow of speech, he says, and slow of tongue. And I must admit, that, that's what originally caught my eye. I wondered, what, what's the difference between slow of speech and, and slow of tongue? Now, it could be that Moses uh, was just using repetition. Very often uh, in poetic language, uh, that's done. It's known as parallelism. To make your point, you kind of repeat the same thing in, in a different way. But, um, but in several versions, instead of slow of speech and tongue, it's translated as heavy of speech and heavy of tongue. 
And as I said, that's led some people to believe that perhaps Moses had a, a problem with his palate or, or his tongue. And again, if that were the case, it would seem that it would be hard to just understand Moses speaking in, in normal conversation, much less when he delivered some of these great speeches. Another theory, though, and, and this one's even more unbelievable, I might add, uh, is that Moses had an injury to his tongue as a young uh, boy that caused him to have a, a speech defect. And this one actually comes from an old Jewish legend, uh, which tells the story of Moses, which was, as we know, an exceptionally uh, beautiful baby. And, and the story says gifted baby. And of course, he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter uh, in her father's court. And according to the story, Moses was always reaching for the king or for the Pharaoh's crown. And this caused the Pharaoh's counselors to uh, urge the king to, to kill him because they thought this was a sign that he would someday try to take over Pharaoh's throne when he grew up. And so the decision was made to, to test Moses' intelligence to see if he really was uh, reaching for the throne. And so they presented him with two items, a shiny golden bowl and a shiny, brightly glowing hot coal. And they wanted to see which one he would choose. Well, according to the legend, baby Moses grabbed the coal. And so he flunked his IQ test and he saved his life in, in so doing. But he burned his fingers and stuck them in his mouth, they say, and scorched his tongue. And from then on, his speech was permanently damaged. Now, again, that's a very far-fetched story, but, uh, but so it goes. Another, and perhaps this is more believable idea, is that Moses is speaking more about language here. As we know, he was born a Hebrew, but he was raised an Egyptian, uh, but he was also nursed by his own mother. And so he most likely learned both languages. Um, however, after murdering an Egyptian, uh, he escaped to the land of Midian, and he had been away from the land of Egypt for, for several years. And so perhaps now the thought of going before Pharaoh with, with such bold demands, no doubt, uh, would require a good grasp of the Egyptian language. And maybe over time he had forgotten some of that. And so maybe some of these foreign words were slow coming to him, if you will. And if you've ever learned a foreign language, you know if you don't use it, you certainly uh, tend to lose it. And so, again, that's a theory. Um, another idea, and this also comes from some, some Jewish rabbis, um, they deny that Moses had any speech problems at all. In fact, they believe that when he said heavy of speech and heavy of tongue, that, act, that actually meant something more along the lines of, weighty speech. In other words, they say that Moses is claiming to be such a, a deep thinker who speaks slowly and deliberately, uh, always measuring every word that comes out of his mouth, that, that he didn't think he would be a good choice for a leader who needed to maybe be able to speak off the cuff and, and be a smooth talker. Actually kind of makes Moses uh, sound like he's bragging on himself, doesn't it? As if this job that, that God had in mind for him was beneath him. And I don't really get that uh, vibe, if you will, from, from Moses at all. But as I said, that's a theory. But then lastly, and I think this is probably the most common interpretation, maybe not the most common, but the one that has always stuck out in my mind and the one that uh, makes most sense to me, and that's simply that Moses meant that he was not a good orator, as we might say. He was not good at public speaking. In fact, some versions translate his excuse as simply, I am not eloquent. Um, and if that's what Moses meant, then he joins you know, maybe millions of people who claim to have that same uh, problem, who claim to have maybe even a fear of public speaking. Uh, glossophobia, I had to look that one up. Uh, glossophobia, that's the fear of public speaking. And, and again, it is one of the most common fears right up there with fear of heights and snakes and, and the dark. Um, 
Maybe it wasn't fear, though, that held him back, but simply that he didn't feel that he had that, that skill to, to be, again, a, a smooth talker or a, a good public speaker. And, and I can certainly simplify, sympathize with that. I don't, I don't necessarily get afraid of, of speaking in front of people. Uh, if you ask me to stand up in front of a crowd and count to 10, I don't think I would necessarily get scared, but it's the thought of what I will say and, and having to, to be able to speak and, and think about what to say. And, and, and not only that, but be able to keep the audience's attention and, and even motivate them. That's completely a, a different uh, topic. And, and as any teacher can tell you, that's uh, truly a skill to be able to keep someone's attention and and motivate them to, to do something. And maybe Moses was arguing that he just wasn't the man for the job because he didn't use pretty words, we might say, or he didn't have a, a powerful and a persuasive voice. Well, I'm sure some of you may be wondering by this point, what's all this got to do with, with anything? Is there a point to, to all of this conjecture and guessing about Moses' speech? And, and the answer is yes. I do think that there's an important lesson that we can learn from this. Uh, whatever Moses' problem might or might not have been, the point is, it didn't matter. No matter what may or may not have been wrong with Moses' speech, God did not accept that as an excuse to shirk from or to simply not do what he expected. God had a job for Moses, and God provided all that he needed to do that job. In fact, notice God's response in verses 11 and 12 there of, of Exodus 4. This is immediately following Moses' excuse of being slow of speech and slow of tongue. We read there, So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. By the way, Moses tried to offer one more excuse in verse 13 there, and I think this perhaps reveals what was in his heart all along. He simply says, Oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. In other words, he simply says, Find somebody else to do it. I don't want to do it. And I think at, at that point uh, we see maybe the, the problem with, with Moses' heart. And in fact, uh, in verse 14, we can see that the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. But Moses eventually did, did um, get the message, so to speak. And he, of course, along with the help of, of his brother Aaron and his sister uh, Miriam, they, um, they did just what God instructed. They carried out the plan to, to not only convince Pharaoh, but also to lead the Israelites. And in Deuteronomy 32, we read what is said to be the longest monologue. A monologue is, is something that a single person is saying uh, all by themselves. So this is Moses speaking just by himself. This is supposedly the longest mon monologue in Jewish history, not just in the Bible, but in Jewish history. There in Deuteronomy 32, it's known as the Song of Moses. And we won't read that whole chapter, but I want to notice just the first three verses there of Deuteronomy 32. They're very powerful uh, words that he's speaking here. And again, I think it goes to show that maybe he did change his tune as far as being able to be the mouthpiece for God. He says in Deuteronomy 32 verses 1 through 3, Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew as raindrops on the tender herb and as showers on the grass. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. 
As I said, it seems that, that Moses hopefully learned his lesson and realized that, that God would help him to say what, what needed to be said. And I think the lesson for us is, is simply this. Sometimes God asks us to do things that maybe we don't want to do. Sometimes he asks us to do things that we may not think we're particularly suited or, or skilled to do. And sometimes he may ask us to do things that we just flat out don't think we can do. But no matter what we think, no excuse is good enough to, to disobey God. We all have a message to share, as Brother uh, Jonathan mentioned in his prayer. We all are expected to, to share the gospel. And even though we may feel we are slow of speech or slow of tongue, we still have the responsibility to share it whenever we have the opportunity. So I hope that you've gained something from the, the few thoughts tonight. We never end a service without offering the, the gospel invitation. If there's someone here who uh, has never taken the steps of belief and repentance and confession and baptism, then we encourage you to, to do so tonight. Or if you've once taken those steps but you have not remained faithful and you would like to have the prayers of the church, then we invite you to come while we stand and sing.